the pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401 351 7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system. The energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill. By as much as 90%, they have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump remember estimates are free financing is available they're licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts call jk engineering right now residential or commercial at 401-351-7600 jkl they'll do it right the first time now call them you don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system what if it starts to get really cold call jkl right now free quote free estimate Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. You need an efficient heating system. Call JKL Engineering today. 401-351-7600. With JKL, estimates are free. Financing is available. Over 54 years in business and JKL, highest rebates in the market. Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Call JKL Engineering today, 401-351-7600. So it's going to be an interesting week. Articles of impeachment expected to be delivered today. Governor Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo is uh, expected her Senate confirmation hearing tomorrow. So we're going to cover all of it. And then also, interesting story in the Boston Globe. Now, as many of you know, each week I have on Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. He covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. But I'm telling you, folks, right now, the Boston Globe, they're putting a lot of efforts into the Rhode Island area and coverage of it. And it makes a big difference. Uh, They're making, I mean, you think about it. For years, people would try to contemplate if anyone would ever make a run of the Providence Journal. And, you know, you do have some some good outlying papers, the Woodsocket Call, the Valley Breeze, they just do it once a week. But a daily, you know, a lot of people thought that would never happen. What's interesting that's playing out is the Boston Globe, because of the ability to be online and digital, and what they're doing is they're just making inroads in Rhode Island and making pretty stronger inroads in Rhode Island. And Dan McGowan has a story in this morning's Boston Globe that the right now the transition between Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, who's, you know, if everything goes according to plan, she's going to join the Biden administration as Commerce Secretary, Secretary of Commerce. Well, the transition isn't going very smoothly because right now they need to work with, in fact, uh, Tim, uh, R- Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. And neither one of them were there last week, according to uh, Dan McGowan. Uh, McKee says he wasn't invited. Raimondo wasn't planning on being there. He wants to be more involved. So he also said he feels he should be speaking at these weekly press briefings. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes. A number of Raimondo cabinet appointees are going to be leaving. So we're going to have quite a bit of turnout right now. The vaccine situation is terrible in Rhode Island. Do you know, we consider Bloomberg as an article, we're one of the, the third worst state with the vaccine, the state's only getting 14,000 doses a week. And what I saw, for only 45% of it is being used. And McKee already has come out and said that he feels the teachers should be given the vaccine. So, but um, Dan McGowan writes on behind the scenes, it's no secret Ramundo's administration has never treated McKee's office particularly well. And that's playing out on a brighter stage. Ramundo's team is very east side of Providence. McKee's team 
very Blackstone Valley. And the two have fundamentally different approaches. And then he also says that uh, uh, Team Raimondo should probably start sending snarky text messages to one another every time McKee does something that, quote, Governor Raimondo wouldn't do. And McKee should probably take a more nuanced approach, solving the state's pressing problems than consultants are bad and mayors are good. So you're already seeing a very dramatic uh, change in tone. And I'll also say this, folks, this is one of the reasons why, you know, the position of governor is term limited out. And we really need to, and I don't know who would lead the effort, but when you think about it, we should have term limits with all these positions. I know some people say, well, the ballot box is the term limit, but the fact that Jim Langevin you know, if anyone wants to know if the system is broken, Congressman Langevin has been in Congress over 20 years. He's never had a bill passed. You know, he should have been allowed to serve no more than five terms, 10 years, and he should have been out of there. You give someone else a chance. Congressman David Cicilline, he just got elected again over 10 years in Congress. He's not there to serve the people of Congressional District 1. Congressman Cicilline is there to further his own agenda, to be an attack dog for the Democrat Party. And just get on television as much as he can. And now he's all excited that he gets to, you know, he was named as one of the impeachment managers. We need term limits. You're already seeing now a different tone other than what Governor Raimondo is. And Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, he's going to get a chance. He'll have his people. He'll have his style. He's going to take a different approach. And it, it is positive. And we're already seeing that. I think we and we really should have term limits up at the Rhode Island State House as well. Some of these people been up there. It's impo- let's face it. It becomes impossible to knock someone out. They just they they get a boatload of money and then they're very, very difficult to try to take them out. And so you should have term limits because the more you have term limits, the more the people are then eager and open to you know, serving you and doing what you're looking for as opposed to having their own agenda. Now, folks, again, I write about this on the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Allstate Lock. Now, remember, right now, experts in locking systems and building security. If you want security cameras around your home or business, call Allstate Lock today, 401-349-0042, online, allstatelock.com. You can link right through at the website, dipetro.com. It's Monday. It's John DePetro. A lot more head. Keep it here. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers who won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401 321 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Remember, Preferred Towing and Recovery, they're located in Lincoln and they service the entire state. Preferred is also female-owned and operated by Christine along with her husband, Mark Labby. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred Towing. Call them today, 401-725-8500, 401 
725-8500 or online at preferredrecovery.com as well as Facebook. Preferred Towing. They can also, you know, they buy older vintage cars. Maybe it's from the 60s, 70s. Maybe you have one. It's been sitting in your garage for who knows how long, the last 15 years. And you keep saying, you know, someday I'm going to restore that. But how about instead call today, 401-725-8500. Call for a fair offer today. It's preferred towing in recovery located in Lincoln, 401-725-8500. Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job done safely, secured, safely and securely. Preferred towing, 401-725-8500 or online, preferredrecovery.com. They're also on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's an AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for OceanStateCard.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off with, uh, we've seen a lot more <clears throat> with the transition kind of playing out in front of us between Governor Mundo who has her confirmation hearing in Washington on Tuesday in front of uh, to then be confirmed. Hopefully, she's hoping uh, to be the new Biden Commerce Secretary and Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. It really started to bubble over the um, the weekend where now McKee is saying, well, I, I think the teachers should get vaccines. The, the lack of a vaccine is definitely a problem. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you you see this transition going so far. Well, it, it's it's kind of hard to know uh, because it, it seems well. We're starting from a, a challenging position, I think, with this transition. There's there seems to be well, we know there's been very little uh, communication between Raimondo and McKee for the past however many two years. Um, the but it seems like it's not it hasn't ramped up the way it should be. In fact, uh, Dan McGowan. Boston Globe is reporting that uh, McKee is not himself is starting to say, you know, I should kind of be involved in things like the COVID presentations and decision making at this point. And that's that's true and, and accurate. So it's, it's kind of a strange situation where it doesn't seem like the outgoing governor is really helping the incoming governor or potentially incoming governor very much at all. Um, that said, I mean, he does have a lot of experience uh, as running organizations. So his his growing list of, of transition team members. I mean, he says he wants to have somebody representing every city and town in, in the state and various identity groups. And I, I don't know that that's quite the, what you need for a transition so much as somebody to, you know, experts to go in and say, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to do to get rolling. Uh, so it is kind of, I think that contentious relationship is, is really making things more difficult than they ought to be. Although I, I like, I do like Dan McGowan's phrasing of it as sort of Raimondo is very much east side of Providence, whereas yes. McGowan is very much Blackstone Valley. I, I think that's kind of unfair to McKee, McKee because Blackstone Valley, I mean, it seems like he, I have a sense he'll be much more statewide focused, when sure. bringing in mayors and stuff. And whereas I think it's very accurate to say it was Raimondo's east side of Providence attitude with the consultants being led by kind of Rhode Island's elite. Once we're on the other side of the, uh, the transition, I think that'll be helpful to the state but in the meantime it does seem to be i don't know it's a, it's a, an awkward kind of a tra stumbling transition it seems i think also you know i'm glad you mentioned the dan mcgowan reporting in this morning's boston globe because you know that sounds refreshing where the Ramundo people you can almost hear it where they feel okay when you have a problem you hire a consultant and the mckee people and because he was the mayor of cumberland and and then lieutenant governor he's he's friendly with uh, you know, the mayor of Pawtucket, he's friendly with obviously the former mayor of Central Falls. He's friendly with the very friendly with Charlie Lombardi, the mayor of North Providence and Joe Policina. He feels, well, no, why don't we ask, you know, the mayor of that town what they think? Um, I, 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 it's already starting to sound that McKee might have a better feel and be more Rhode Island, if that makes sense, as opposed to. You know, I like the way McGowan phrased that of it's an east side of Providence mentality, which, Justin, as you know, is is so not the rest of Rhode Island. Yeah, certainly not. I, I think it's it's actually what I'm hoping it, it indicates is just a very a fundamentally different political philosophy. I mean, the Raimondo is part of a a progressive, you know, she may have some one foot in 
kind of an economic understanding of reality, but she's, a, she's very progressive in her attitude toward governance, where basically you don't trust people to live their lives. You have to bring in consultants. You have to get the Brookings Institution to write a giant report on how to manipulate people to do what you think they ought to be doing. You bring in consultants to force that on the people. I think that's very much Raimondo style. Presumably it's what the Biden administration wants nationwide. God help us all. But the, uh, but I, but it's kind of hopeful that McKee takes a very different attitude as a former business owner and a former mayor, somebody who says, you know what, these are problems Rhode Islanders themselves can solve, that they have a right to have input into them. And so I'm going to get involved mayors. And, and I think that that to me is hopefully the, the really basic difference between the two. It's top down versus we, we are the representatives of Rhode Island and Rhode Islanders can solve their problems themselves. Uh, and I, and so to me, you know, you have, if you need a consultant to fill some skill gap, that's fine. But I, I think he's, he's on the right track if that's his, his attitude of let's, yeah. let's solve problems ourselves. And I think that's interesting of, okay, we have a problem with Johnston. Why don't we ask the mayor of Johnston yeah. where it sounds like the Raimondo people are like, what? Well, you don't, we don't talk to the mayor of Johnston, <laughs> almost like a little bit above it. Just, it also reminds me, if you remember a couple of years ago, there was a bad, <clears throat> very bad snowstorm. Providence had a lot of snow and Brett Smiley, who I think was chief of staff at the time. His solution was, Hey, check with a friend in the suburbs and see if you can leave your car over there for a while, which seemed and, – and, and, and last summer when we had the problems at the beaches and reducing the parking lot, Governor Mundo's response – and she even said it to me at one of the briefings I think was, listen, just ask one of your friends that has a beach house down there if you can park your car in their driveway. Well, <laughs> not everyone knows someone that has a beach house walking distance to the beach. It's it, – you know, it sounded tone deaf then. And I, I must admit, now it's early, but I think even just McKee, he's striking an interesting balance where he's he's definitely in favor of charter schools. And I like his strong pushback of, excuse me, charter schools are still public school money. So stop with the taking money out of that. However, it is interesting. He did come out over the weekend and say, I think teachers should get vaccinated first. Yeah, I, I made that connection, too. I wonder, I kind of wonder if he's trying to give the union something so that there there's some sense of balance when he says when he when he refuses to, to squash charter schools on their behalf. Um, on the other hand, I mean, as, as policy, if you know, there's an argument to be made. My, my wife's a teacher, so I understand the, the anxieties they all have. Uh, but so there's a point to be made that they they should be at some higher tier of the vaccine distribution. But what, what bothers me about that, about his approach, is that it, it's very much the Rhode Island kind of government by dividing everybody by interest group rather than factual. You know, you, you say, okay, tier one are people who are vulnerable and people who are dealing with vulnerable people and, and dealing with our health system. Okay, that's a category that makes sense. Then you throw in teachers, it's, it's not the same type of, type of description. So if you want to say people who are in a room for long periods of time with a lot of other people, that's our next category, that would make sense. But to just elevate teachers makes the whole thing feel political, as if you got a call from, from Bob Walsh of, of National Education Association of Rhode Island, who said, you know what, I know you're going to be hitting us, so give us something with this, this vaccine thing. And that's just, I don't know, it, it to some extent that that disrupts people's trust in the system and just creates a divisive fight for for resources i'll say this it it, it does <clears throat> as we know if if children are distance learning it certainly up it disrupts the classroom so anything that could put the teachers back in the classroom and by the way that could also alter you know right now they they limit the number of kids in the classroom the more that schools can get somewhat back to normal because even though the kids are going to school it's still not the, the normal experience that that could help stabilize things just in in day-to-day -day society one area that he did uh, or immediately show a difference on and i'm talking about lieutenant governor dan mckee was governor mundo has been very outspoken at the briefings you know last summer she went after those war teachers said they threw in the towel uh, just her last time that she spoke not taking questions but she went after those Pawtucket teachers, the only ones who were refusing to go back. And, and that was even mentioned in the New York Times puff piece on her last week. But when McKee was asked, he said, well, you know, that's a local decision. What do you make of, uh, of the, the difference between the two where Governor Mundo seemed very comfortable injecting herself in both the Warwick and Pawtucket situation 
and McKee seems to have more of a hands off of like that's that's a Pawtucket situation. Well, I, I think to, to me that seems a lot in keeping with what we were just talking about, where McKee's saying, you know, these are there, there's a, there's problems they can they can solve their own problems. We'll help them out, you know, in our role as a state government. But you know, that's up to them to figure out, and we have trust that they can do it. I mean, it's kind of a it goes with that attitude of people can govern themselves. And I guess mm. going going back to the idea of the teachers getting vaccines, that you raise a good point. Hopefully, hopefully, what he's doing here is kind of in the tug of war, where in a month he'll be able to say, okay, they're all vaccinated, back to school now. Uh, right. But but I think it, to the to his attitude, I see it less as. You know, the governor, Governor McKee, incoming Governor McKee, not wanting to have any responsibility for it as part of that attitude of, yes, we that, that's their responsibility. They can do it. I'm not going to badmouth people for making decisions on their own. This is the system we have. Let's work with it. And versus Raimondo's top down, I'm the dictator. I'm going to criticize these people. I'm going to dox some kids at a party in Bristol because that, like she did early on with the, uh, with the, the fear mongering on COVID um, is just, yeah, it's a very different, it's, it's the impression that he doesn't have to be the decision maker. He doesn't have to be the star of the state, which is kind of what you need in a governor. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz, managing editor of Ocean State Current Talk Comment segment. It's politics this week, right here on the John DePietro show. <clears throat> this winter, you can depend on Henry oil. Call them today. 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred. Make Henry Oil make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today. 401 521 Zero two hundred. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA. Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, Free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is uh, Managing Editor of OceanStateCart.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, I, I like the analogy. Um, y- you know, we're not sure exactly the role that incoming, soon-to-be Governor McKee is going to have. But if Governor Mundo was comfortable in the mom role, 
following up in yours, he almost seems maybe comfortable as the uncle of like, hey, listen, I'm a member of the family, but I don't want to get it's none of my business what your parents want to decide for you. Uh, you know, that's kind of a local issue. But how do you think? Um, by the way, I, I do want to mention and, and I don't think this is getting enough press, but Rhode Island right now has been ranked, according to Bloomberg, third worst in the country with the vaccine rollout, third worst in the country. No one can tell me that that's not somehow impacted by the fact that Governor Mundo's focus is on Washington and, uh, you know, she expects to be um, confirmed as Commerce Secretary. Third worst as far as getting vaccine out. But, Justin, what do you expect we will see with the Governor Mundo Senate confirmation hearing? Well, first of all, I like the uncle analogy, which is kind of what government should yeah. be, right? It shouldn't be your mom. Yes. It should be your uncle um, right. say, saying here, yeah, you can borrow my car if, as long as I know you're not going to destroy You know, but, but uh, uh, you know, who knows? I, a lot of this seems like a fait accompli. And, you know, with, with the Senate now being, although very evenly split um, in the hands of the Democrats, it's hard to see her not getting through if that's what Biden wants. Um, so we'll see. I know the the Republicans probably aren't aren't too keen on on making. I mean, they'll, they'll pick their they'll probably pick their fights carefully. I mean, they're they're trying to save the filibuster uh, for obvious reasons going forward, so that a majority vote doesn't always win everything. Uh, so they'll. I don't. I don't think they're going to want to push back too hard unless there's something completely crazy. And and Raimondo, while I don't know, as as Mike Stenhouse has said for the from his in the dugout show well Raimondo is really a, a step down in competence for this position of commerce secretary she's not completely out of out of the realm of plausibility so I, I tend to suspect she'll sail through um, which for the state of Rhode Island is probably a good thing and get this transition over with and move on to the next phase yeah see I think you're going to see her really in her element meaning to me if we just step back, and I'm not going to use the title governor, but Gina Raimondo, <clears throat> she she's a good test taker, and I think she this, she's really in her group. Not everybody is, but to me, she would really um, she likes the idea of devouring information and and taking a test. Tomorrow's a test, right? It's a high level test, but to me, I mean, she was someone who, regardless what people think of her political beliefs, she was a phenomenal student. I mean, Harvard, and then got her doctorate in sociology in, uh, in Oxford and then Yale Law. She is someone who who I think that's like her in her ammunition that she, you know, devours information and then likes to go in and ace the test. And that's how I I see what tomorrow's kind of like where some people, maybe they're more talented in governing or they get a gist of things and things like that. But I, I view her first and foremost. She was the kid in class that when you remembered, oh, my God, we have a test today. I forgot. She's next to you. She's excited because she studied all night and she's ready to go in and, and ace the test and expects to get the highest grade of the test. So I think she's going to be comfortable. I want to um, just touch on some other stories that are in the news. So we're talking about um, <clears throat> transition. And I think this story out of Central Falls um, is, is really a disgrace, Justin. And I'm talking about the, in, the new mayor. Uh, there's a new mayor of Central Falls, which doesn't get a lot of attention because it's only a mile long. And to me. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that the, the state taxpayers, everybody contributes to pay so they can have a school system. They have their own police station. They have their own fire station, their own city hall. You know, years ago when Patrick Lynch was the attorney general, he made them hire his girlfriend to give her Blue Cross. She was the she was the, the press person for the mayor who was who went to federal prison, by the way. Uh, uh, Chucky, uh, whatever his name was, uh, Mayor Central Falls. But anyhow. But of all the people that have been affected by COVID, been put out of business, laid off, companies been hurt, what have you, who does she bring in to be her deputy to the highway, even though they don't even have a highway in Central Falls? But Louis Aponte, who was driven out of Providence, he was the Providence City Council person, uh, council, head of the council, head of the council in Providence. And on top of that, he still owes the state 50000 to the Board of Elections, and he's still on probation for three and a half years. He pled guilty to embezzlement. Justin Katz, where to believe this is the best possible person the mayor of Central Falls could hire? Yeah, though that's the that's always the test, right? But if you want to know if something is a, is a legitimate hire, put put a phrase before where to say, after a nationwide search, the city hired dot 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 hired yeah hired the guy who, who's in all the trouble you just you just described. Yeah, you know it doesn't it doesn't really pass the smell test. Uh, 
Mayor Rivera's excuse that she believes in second chances is, you know, all right, that's nice window dressing, but that still doesn't mean there aren't other people who deserve second or first chances because they're more competent and less covered in, in suspicious uh, past circumstances. But, you know, that's, this is, this is Rhode Island. I mean, that's, that's really, you know, we, we've really followed this, you and I, for a long time, but it's, it's, it's a patronage system. So, you know, I, I, even, I mean, even if you look at the salary of 50,000 for a deputy director, seems, I don't know, on the scale of municipal salaries, pretty low. So it's almost like just a, here's a patronage job. It made me think of hiring Regenberg, to, for a job in Providence, you know, just yes. all right. Here's a, here's a guy floating around in our patronage system, and you know the whole thing is built on that. This is why, this is why you get conformity and unity among Democrats, and you don't get it among Republicans. I mean, it's one of the big reasons is they have this spoils system where if you're in the group, they'll take care of you. You slip up, you use your your campaign finance money for for personal finances, and they they have no choice but to crack down on you a bit and give you a few years probation. That's all right. We'll find a place for you. You can you can drive around. Uh, the, the famous phrase of the guy from the state who said, I, I parked on a job when he was sitting in his car reading books instead of that's working. Right. You know, that's that's the kind of thing. All right. Yeah. You're your deputy director of of infrastructure and zoning whatever that is drive around a little bit go chat with people all day we'll give you 50 grand keep your heels cool while you're while you're you know waiting for your probation to end and then you're, you're back in the game but i think it goes beyond him it's really just a statement of when you're in the group this you get this kind of treatment and that's that's really what it's all about and that's what keeps people in line and keeps people pulling pulling the rope for the the democrat party in this state that's exactly right. And, you know, I did speak to someone uh, late last week who said it's basically someone may say, well, you know, it's only 50,000, but it's really it's basically he's it's like getting 50,000 for a part time job. Plus, then you get, you know, full full medical. Uh, they pay for your gas. You get a car. Uh, you get a phone. And the person I talked to said maybe five hours a day. And even now he's but not even he's home because supposedly now all you have to do is say. I think I came in contact with someone with COVID. So now you're going to quarantine for a week or two. So, I mean, it's just endless with the schemes. But she also ran into problems with initially her choice, this new mayor of Central Falls, to be the police uh, chief of police in, in Providence. And they were very excited, first person of color to be a police chief. But the only problem was they were trying to have this ridiculous arrangement where he was going to go on leave for a year in the city of Providence, where he was on the Providence Police Force. And, and then so he could qualify for his 20-year pension. And, and I was glad with, push, with pushback, uh, the city of Providence basically said, we're not going to do that. And now they're not going to allow them. But, Justin, it's, it's again, it's, it's the, the, the hoops they go through to accommodate and just make up the rules as they go along. It just uh, no matter how they, much they try to reform, it just never seems to end. Well, yeah, and what they never, what I never see in these news stories is the most fundamental, the most basic question is why are these deals in the contract in the first place? Right. I mean, if if all had even even if he had done everything, this police uh, chief, if he, he had done everything according to the rules, he could still have waited a year, retired from Providence with his full pension, yeah. taken got double pay while he used up vacation and sick time he apparently didn't need as part of his job. And then he'd be rolling into full pay with a full pension. I mean, why is that even possible in theory? It's 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 a ridiculous system that you know we're well past the idea that this is public service. It's a it's a cash cow for political insiders. Is yeah. really what it is. And all these deals, I mean, you see them everywhere. I mean, it's almost it almost the the Providence excuse for taking away the deal from them uh, for the for the year of unpaid leave to get his full pension. I mean, it's, oh, well, we thought it was it was prior practice, but we haven't found any in the last 10 years. Well, even if it was prior practice, why is it? Why is it even possible? But we see this everywhere. You, everybody's encountered, say, a superintendent who worked in Massachusetts for 20 years, now has a full pension there, comes to Rhode Island to put it in another 10, 15, 20 years here, get a full pension here. I mean, this is the idea that there's a small group of people who's competent to keep these jobs and jump from one place to another, essentially racking up the pensions. It's just, it's, it's really an insult that I, it blows your mind that Rhode Islanders still, still 
fall for it. Although I think a lot of them have a lot of people who would fight back have just left. And a lot of the others are, you know, how do you fight back against this group that has so much incentive for everybody just to keep pulling a line. And, and when they know their job is on the line with this stuff, um, you know, they're, they've been putting in 20 years with the expectation that they're going to retire with two pensions. When they know that's on the line, they fight like crazy against anybody who, who might be a reformer in that regard. So it's, it's a very difficult situation. And Central Falls with this new mayor has really just done us almost the nice, the nice favor of, of shooting up a couple uh, fireworks to draw our attention to it again, because it, it really is egregious, but it's throughout the state and throughout every level of government. You know, I remember years ago, before we take a break, uh, a high-level person at Rhode Island College that was speaking with some of the students. The students were saying, why don't we have this and why don't we have that at Rhode Island College? And the high-level person said, what you don't understand is the whole reason this college functions is to give jobs for state workers. Because otherwise, it could easily and should be under the umbrella of URI. But if you did that, you'd eliminate a lot of positions. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz, managing at OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is Politics This Week, right here on The John DePietro Show. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. Remember, Preferred Towing and Recovery, they're located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. Preferred is also female-owned and operated by Christine, along with her husband, Mark Labby. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred Towing, call them today, 401 725-8500, 401-725-8500. Or online at preferredrecovery.com as well as Facebook. Preferred towing. They can also, you know, they buy older vintage cars. Maybe it's from the 60s, 70s. Maybe you have one. It's been sitting in in your garage for who knows how long, the last 15 years. And you keep saying, you know, someday I'm going to restore that. But how about instead call today, 401-725-8500. Call for a fair offer today. It's Preferred Towing in Recovery, located in Lincoln, 401-725-8500. Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job done safely, secured, safely and securely. Preferred Towing, 401-725-8500 or online, preferredrecovery.com. They're also on Facebook. Our segment is Politics This Week. Now, Justin, uh, I'd like to give you a moment to touch on this uh, guest who was in uh, Mike Stenhouse, and he has the segment in the dugout, who was um, proven right about the COVID test and just the, the lost jobs as a result of COVID. 
Yeah, well, well, Dr. Bostom, who who was featured, on, who's been featured many times on Mike Stenhouse's In the Dugout show, was was very early out saying we're not using our testing appropriately. Uh, we're 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 there's a, a cycle. I think it's a cycle ratio, which indicates the number of times they have to test. I think to till they get a positive result from COVID, and so the more the higher the number, the more the less of the virus you have. And we've been sort of worldwide going with any positive showing is a quote case and you start attributing deaths and hospitalizations to COVID when realistically, if you're over say a, a ratio of 33, I think is a standard. If you're over that, you're, you're really, it's almost a po false positive. Uh, and when we at the center looked at the numbers for at least the first few months of COVID, it was, it was somewhere around 50% of all cases were, were suspect in that regard. And so now the, this nation uh, worldwide, the, the World Health Organization and the CDC are saying, yeah, we need to revise that, uh, you know, just just in time to, to give the new a new U.S. president the benefit of a dramatically lower number of COVID cases. Uh, we have to revise that. So um, Mike Stenhouse has been is kind of noting that, you know, you heard it on his show first, that that this was this was suspect the way we were we were. Um, handling cases. And I, I think it's worth everybody to keep an eye on as, as the news media starts to change its its tone. And, and suddenly, uh, the number of cases starts to go down dramatically, but mostly because we're defining them differently. You know, the president, President Trump was right on so many different things, such as he said, the kids should be back at school. They're not super spreaders. He was right. He said, we'd have a vaccine by the end of the year. He was right. He also said, the cure can't be worse than the disease itself. And, and he was proven right on, on that. Um, Justin, I also want to ask you about, I think this is a good story. In Barrington, uh, the town council there, <clears throat> Barrington's been overtaken by progressives. Um, and they have are now flying. And they're doing it for some time now, since the summer, I believe. But they've been flying the Black Lives Matter flag in Barrington. And a veterans group has objected to that. And also... The Rhode Island Coalition for Israel, they have some problems with the group Black Lives Matter and say on a on a national front, uh, it is there's a lot of anti-Semitism. A lot of the national leaders of Black Lives Matter are actually anti-Semitic and, and and they have a problem as well Two respected groups, veterans group and also uh, the group of Rhode Island Coalition for Israel have objections. I know the veterans have said, listen, they're, they're like that's a political party. They gave political endorsements. Of course, they were all Democrats. But why are we flying this? What What is your take on where you have the progressives in Barrington saying, oh, no, we need to show peace and unity. We're going to fly the Black Lives Matter flag over Barrington Town Hall with the American flag. Hate has no home here. We're going to uh, fly this flag. What do you make of that, Justin? Kent? Well, it's you see this kind of thing frequently. They, for, for progressives, as you say, who have taken over Barrington, taken over Barrington there's opposition really isn't legitimate in their mind. They're just objectively saying what's right and true and good. And so when they take over, they it's it's very almost appropriate that they're flying a, a big black flag as as a uh, almost like a statement of of conquering. I mean, it's it's a political statement that obviously some people in your town are not going to agree with, uh, but it doesn't matter because those people just don't count. They're dehumanized. They're deplorables. They they shouldn't be objecting because they're just full of hate, and that's that's worth. Uh, objecting to and I'm, I'm glad to see uh, the veterans group and the the uh is Rhode Rhode Israel coalition for yeah. yes I'm, I'm glad to see them getting involved and, and speaking up because it's true i mean if you look at anything say whether it's the the lights on the state house or the lights on the sakonet river bridge there are there are applications or there are even fees you pay in order to, to have it a certain color that symbolizes a certain thing uh it made me think of when when Mayor Laffey was in Cranston and there was all kinds of controversy over his Christmas display. And obviously you, you, you're very well aware of the, the holiday tree controversy yes. in the state house. The, the idea there, I mean, to the extent that the opposition has, has a, has a, a case to make in those, those situations is this is public territory. You can't pick, you can't pick favorites, whether it's religion or politics, you can't do it. But when they get in power, obviously they do it. They jump right in with both feet, say, we're going to fly this flag because it's good and it's what we believe in. Well, you know what? There ought to be at least a process. But I like the uh, the veteran solution of there's a limited number of flags that you could put on a government flagpole. Let's just not fight over this. Why why make this a divisive 
contentious issue. But that's what progressives do because they're they're you know they're trading in cultural domination. So that there there we are. And and I also see it as especially some of the people in Barrington right now. It's it's interesting, Justin. It's um. It kind of it's almost like trendy politics. Like right now, if you want to show that you're up on the like the latest hip fad, the thing to do is you fly a Black Lives Matter flag or you attend an event. Now it could eventually turn into something else. It is interesting that two groups that in the past normally would be highly respected and you'd listen to. One is certainly the Rhode Island Coalition of Israel that's saying like that, hey, listen, this group is anti-Semitic. They don't they don't even care about that. We know they don't care about the veterans. It's just they, it's not a normal situation where, you know, they actually have to show everyone that they don't care about the veterans. But they'll they'll do this for now. And they like to pat themselves on the back that they, you know, are they're They're so in tune uh, with what's going on and they want to, you know, have penance for their white supremacy that they exist because they're their white guilt and the white privilege that they possess. And so this is kind of a way to describe it. Uh, excuse me, to put it on display. I also want to ask you about two more stories. One is, so we, we learn about the fact that the vaccine is going to, uh, you know, there were accusations of line jumping and it was going to some of the people all within the hospital. And apparently the way the vaccine is, when, once you like get it out there and you're starting to administer it, you have a limited amount of time that you could actually get it to people. But then you have this rep, Charlene Lima, who immediately says, all right, we need to start to prosecute people that are doing it. I, I just like of all the different people that could be prosecuted and things wrong to kind of like go zero to 60 on something like this. It, it, it just strikes like immediately there is something wrong that some people are getting vaccinated over others. But I don't think it does any any good to immediately start talking about prosecution of some of these people. Yeah, Charlene Lima is an interesting one. Sometimes she seems to have her have the right perspective on things, and sometimes she's just way out there. And I don't know. To me, that's this is almost a almost evidence that our our current system of government is just not capable. Not the system, but the current people in in government are just not capable of running running anything as adults. I mean, you're gonna something like this. You we're, we're trying to ramp this up quickly or the, the government is trying to ramp this up quickly to get people vaccinated, get us back to some kind of normal. I mean, we're, we're losing thousands of jobs and, and people are suffering, children not being properly educated, as we discussed earlier. And, th- you know, it's going to be a little bit messy. And to, to jump in with something like this, I, it, what it would even give a representative the idea that this is appropriate legislation, especially I mean, we saw in, uh, just a couple of weeks ago in New York State, they were throwing out I think thousands yes. of, of um, doses of, of the vaccine because they were trying to go in order and they couldn't distribute them fast enough. And rather than just grab, grab the nearest thousand people on the street and say, hey, you want the right. vaccine? They threw them out. I mean, that's this is this is what happens in socialist countries. This is, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it was like a joke of the USSR, right? We, oh, we have all this this food and, and factory in warehouses going bad. And we're throwing it out. We're starving people in the street because of these dumb bureaucratic moves. And I, but it, it's, it really just is, you know, I've some years uh, somewhat against my will, I've read every bit of legislation or most of the legislation put into the General Assembly. And it's very, very depressing because the things that these people think are worth writing legislation over and wasting time with and, and even making plausible or possible that they'd be implemented, it just it's, it shows they do not understand our system of government, sort of like we were discussing earlier with Governor Raimondo. They just, they just don't get it. They think it's, let's make everybody's life perfect and I'll put my name on this bill and I'll, I'll, I'll write some injustice. It's just not how it's supposed to be done. And, and so it's, it's disappointing to see this kind of legislation. I, although I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that it's, it's not going to go anywhere. It'll get her in some headlines and that'll be about it. And Justin Katz, finally, um, uh, Kathy Gregg, and I think it's Kathy Gregg, no, the Providence Journal, whatever, they have a story on where President Trump, uh, you know, where he is right now in terms of the Rhode Island Republican Party and how much does he still play a factor and how much loyalty now you and i know quite a bit about this you had some of the never trumpers i think the best example is uh gary sass who then was part of the lincoln uh group and and uh you know he out of the box he he's i mean to me he is just not with politics in 2021 he's going back to a time of when john chafee was you know still alive i mean i think 
he's he's the type of Republican Party he wants. I just don't think it exists anymore. But where do you think the Rhode Island Republican Party is in terms of where does kind of Trump fall within all of this? Well, I, I think they're. I think not as a group, but it, but as a group of loosely loosely affiliated individuals, they're they're trying to figure out what to do with all of this. And I, you know, I, I don't know that they they quite understand uh, what it was that that gave President Trump the inroads to uh, to a lot of the constituencies that he you know he grew. His grew his vote in minority groups, for example, uh, working yep. class, even labor yep. unions. I, I don't think I, I, I we'll see. I, I haven't seen any evidence that that any Rhode Island politicians um, really on the right really understand the that it was mainly the fact that he was fighting. <laughs> he was he was fighting yes. and, and he clearly had the people foremost in his mind. Now, if you're, if you're going to be, if you're skeptical of him, you can say that was all cynical and it was this, he was just, but he was a president who, who got elected and pursued the goals he said he was going to pursue. And that's, right. that's what people wanted. And he, he, he didn't pick dumb fights. He picked fights and he, he, would, he would follow through. Now you don't have to go on Twitter and insult people to do the same thing, but I, I don't, right. I don't think that I, I, well, I just haven't seen evidence yet that any of the, the, politicians commenting on it really really quite get what it what the need that president trump was filling yeah i don't think they do and and i was um just finally you know it was the friday after the election when when they had the gathering at the the board of elections and i was amazed at the number of people of color and latino people that showed up full trump gear and everything hats and everything flags and and they were saying to me they they were from providence and central falls and Pawtucket. And they were saying, you know, we never understood why didn't they have any rallies in our community? Like we're fully on board with him. And uh, there was no one there from the party to even talk to them or find out or follow up or anything. I mean, talk about it like a missed opportunity. Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. He's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. RE Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. RE Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's RE Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls to maintenance agreements to installation, RE Coogan Heating proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coog's. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating.